Fashion week, I took a trip to France Living like I'm free, cause I got bands I ain't play this if I took a chance Going up, and I'm never going back I might fly you out to Turks for the week Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to The Halt. I'm here with my boy Ant, and today we're going to be talking some good stuff. What's up, Ant? What's up, Teddy? How are you? Good, man. Good, man. So uh, how's your week been going trading-wise? Uh, good, actually. I've been... Last episode, we talked about, like, scalping and um, around the corn. Dude, I've been doing that with Wish, like, every day, multiple times a day. Hell yeah. Orf a lot, like... Wharf went kind of crazy today and then pulled back a lot um and everyone was expecting that approval but we got nothing on that so that's nuts man and i think fda is closed tomorrow too so Orf isn't gonna hear shit yeah so that's gonna probably cause a huge sell-off tomorrow yeah i um i traded e-tom a couple days ago since our last podcast and and Got it big on the the FDA approval. Got I think like thirty percent. But um, since then, man, it's been kind of rough going. EV is like or EV the sector has kind of been like momentum um, peaking mm-hmm. and then coming peaking, coming back down at the exact spot. And my averages are like right near that spot. And I'm just waiting for it to pop out one of these times. And um, cause I got three trades in it. And I want them to I want them to move, but they're not moving like I expected off the bat. But um. Yeah, they're good. I got some DD coming later in this episode too for two bio plays for us um, that I'm really, really interested in and I think are uh, really cool. So that'll be good. The RMO, dude. I mean, we don't really have to. Yeah. I mean, dude, that thing's held down to shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think once that thing goes. And I was like, yeah, damn, I'm sold. And Mm -hmm. that was at 22, 20 bucks. Mm -hmm. Me and you were like, this is a $20 stock for sure. It's probably even a $30 stock. And just kept dipping, kept dipping. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if uh, something like Wall Street Bets picks something like that up, because yeah. they see, like they'll just try to spin it like they see the value and all that stuff. But especially with um, all the contracts they have, man, they have like literally everything you could possibly need. Um, what do they have? They have Workhorse. They have, I think, a couple other big ones. I don't want to misname them, but they have a couple other big. Uh, I know they have big EV names. Yeah. Yeah. What are you drinking tonight? Um, oh, shit. Shandy. It's actually really, really good. If you like seltzers, you'd like this because it's not really like, it doesn't taste like beer at all. Dude, that sounds good. Is it kind of like a natter day? It's all, yeah, it's kind of like exactly like that, actually. Dude, I like natter days. I'm drinking, I went non-alcoholic. I got the crushed watermelon, which I've never had before, and... About three drinks in, and I got to say, it tastes exactly like a Jolly Rancher. I would drink it again. It's not Pepsi Mango level, but pretty damn good. Pretty damn good so far. Watermelon, anything. Yeah, you can get away, dude. Watermelon is a top-notch summer flavor. It's so weird because, like, the watermelon flavoring of stuff tastes nothing like actual watermelon. I know. It's like strawberry, bro. Strawberry flavoring tastes absolutely nothing like strawberries. Like those fruit snacks, nothing, mm-hmm. nothing like it. Mm-hmm. Not even close. All right. So we're talking today, um, the big stock thing we're talking about today, platforms and tools. We're going to be talking about what platforms you guys should be using to trade. Um, we're going to probably talk about Webull, Robinhood, and at least we might get into a couple other ones if you have experience with them. And we're also going to talk about some charting platforms, some news platforms, that kind of stuff is what we use. Um, um uh yeah and also i do want to to lead with this um one episode in and we have a sponsor we're not not going to release any talk about it yet but we do have a sponsor and uh we will we'll be releasing more there's big things coming for uh the halt and it's exciting it's really exciting yeah we um man like i wish we could talk about it and stuff but we've been like doing stuff behind the scenes for a little bit now and yeah i can't wait to like let you guys and everyone know what we're working on because it's something that honestly is has not been done before and like i know i'm super excited to be a part of it and you are too but can't really talk much on it now but yeah i mean people people just got to know that it's gonna bring like like right now fintuit is like here and there's like this tool this tool this tool this tool this tool dude it's all coming 
it is all coming into one place and um, we're in early and we're going to talk about it. We're going to have them on the show actually um, sooner rather than later. And you guys are going to meet them. They're going to tell you everything about it. And um, if they hit it big, we're all going to hit it big too. That's all. That's all I got to say on that one. Yep. Um, so what platform do you use and why do you like it? What do you think about it? Um, tips, tricks, anything. So I use TD Ameritrade and obviously I use Thinkorswim through that. Um, I've used Weeble, but I like Weeble. Um, the The reason I didn't completely switch over to Weeble is because I love Thinkorswim's um, charting. Um, and I like their mobile platform as well. The thing with Thinkorswim is there's like one day a week where I'm I'm either can't get into the app, I can't execute trades, um, which is very annoying because you're playing with other people's money, but you can't really beat the charting aspect of it. Um, the UI and the mobile app I really like. Um, the hours are good. Obviously, you can't beat Weeble's hours. But if we're going straight broker, like, yeah, you can't go wrong with um, Weeble or Thinkorswim. Like, that's actually a really good combo to use. I know a lot of people use that combination of things just because, say, like, news drops after hours or when the market closes. Um, if you're on Weeble, you have first dibs. Um, or if some adverse event happens, like I remember in October, Trump had COVID. And everyone's like, oh, the market's going to crash. If you have Weeble, you have first, you can get out. Um, if you're using things like Robinhood, you are so badly limiting your yourself and your potential. Like everybody sees the yeah. Robinhood memes and, oh, my, my broker closed and things are running and I can't sell like, or things crashing and you can't sell. It's literally like you're almost gambling with Robinhood. Um, yeah, the UI on the mobile apps really attractive, but if you're using Robinhood, I, I really suggest switching over to, if you like UI, if you like a, a nice looking mobile app, use Weeble. Um, I agree. It's Weeble's a nice looking mobile app. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that I use Weeble mostly. I do have a Thinkorswim and I also do have a Robinhood for like crypto and stuff that I just look at like once every month or two. Um, but I think Weeble for me works the best because of the hours. Like yeah. I like to wake up at market open like at that weeble market open which is four for me and sit there and like be on my phone for 20 minutes just check what's going on and if like big news were to come out say like we find out that elon musk got caught having sex with um blah 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 in a state park in the middle of the night and everything is going crazy and tesla shares are going to be fucking down 20 percent because elon musk is in jail like whatever whatever is happening something crazy is happening I'm going to be able to get out before anyone else. I'm going to be able to sell all my EV because EV is going to go down um, before Robinhood people are even awake or even knowing what's going on. Um, that's why I like Weeble. And also like, cause the mobile app is super, um, it's aesthetic and it's easy to use. Thinkorswim mobile app. Um, yeah. Thinkorswim is getting better. It's getting a lot better, but it's still kind of like a little hard and kind of like, I, I have it on my phone for OTC mostly. And it's it's not the same as Weeble. Weeble has a really good mobile app, but I think Thinkorswim is like the classic. Like Thinkorswim is like kind of what all the big boys use and it's kind of been around for a long time and people like it. So you can't really go wrong with either of those two, Thinkorswim or Weeble. Robinhood, you can have one and you can you can use it if you want, but you're you're like you said, you're limiting yourself. And um, the biggest thing is the hours. Robinhood hours are really bad. And also Robinhood, um, they did the whole thing with with GameStop and AMC where they they restricted trading on certain stocks. And um, I don't like that. Like, let me trade when I'm going to trade. Don't leave me stuck in a trade. They did that with Dogecoin, too. I think they left people stuck in it when it knifed one time and wouldn't let them get out. And I just think that's real stupid. Like, you're obviously getting paid off by someone behind the scenes. And then there's that, that CEO that looks exactly like deep value from Wall Street Bets coming on trying to say that he didn't do that. But obviously he was getting paid off. And, and if he gets paid off once, bro, he's going to get paid off another time. Next time something goes balls to the wall boner candle, he's going to get paid off and people are going to get stuck at the top. It's, yeah. it's just how it works. Um, and Weeble's never done that. They came out on GameStop time and they said, we're not restricting anything. Yeah, I mean... Not that's to, all like, I got for that. Not to like much. tell anyone what to do, but honestly, like if you're using, 
if you're using Robinhood and you have the ability to get out, meaning like you can liquidate, I'm not saying sell what you have now, but if at some point in the future you can get out of that, I would highly, highly suggest that. Um, you don't or want to transfer. Be at the mercy. Yeah, you don't want to be at the mercy of the the hours. Like the hours are horrible. No pre market, yeah. basically. That greasy ass CEO too. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want you don't want him up your up your ass trying to actually tell you what to do when when things get rough. Like I want to be in charge of my money when things get rough. If something like crash were to happen, dude, what is that Robinhood CEO gonna do? Yeah. He could like fold to his big buddies and decide that they're gonna. I don't know, trap people, do whatever. Um, and yeah, I don't mess with that. Weebles had my back in those situations. So I vouch for Weeble. Um, I think during those times, honestly, than Robinhood anyway. So like if you're going for aesthetics, which that should mean nothing because I'm using thinkorswim and the charting looks like absolute shit. That's why I use trading view. Um, then yeah, I would use Weeble all day, every day. So yeah. And, um, one last thing too is, is, Weeble is kind of like a jump when you're when you're a beginner trader and you're like coming from Robinhood because most people start out on Robinhood. I did. Um, I think most people do. And then you want to jump up to like the next thing because you you learn very quickly that Robinhood is like frowned upon and not really the thing. Um, it's going to look really intimidating. Like Weeble is going to seem intimidating. So is Thinkorswim. But after like a couple weeks of just like being on there and playing around, you're going to be fine. Like yeah. it's really not that that complicated. I, uh... um, also, E-Trade is horrible. Don't ever use E-Trade. That's what I started on. Like, if you're holding long stuff in E-Trade, but their UI on their mobile app is so bad. I don't even, don't even get me started. But I've heard Charles Schwab or whatever is even worse. I've heard you have to call in some of your trades if you want to trade certain stocks. And I'm, dude, I would feel like a big rig though. I'd feel like I was walking in there like a hedge fund manager, like, yo, call in 500 shares yeah. of fucking Tesla for me. Um, that's just such yeah, an inconvenience. But, so like, yeah, what if I'm catching like a, a razor thin dip? Like what if it's like a one minute dip and I'm trying to call and my homie's not picking up the phone and I'm like ring yeah. in him. Um, yeah, but whatever it is, um, I recommend we bully think or swim. I got both of them. They're both pretty good. Um, Ant agrees. So those are the two that we like. And then do you have any strong opinions on cash versus margin? Yeah, I have very strong opinions on this. Um, I figured you did. Please. Um, especially if you're starting, you don't want to be, be around when a margin call happens and you gotta, you gotta make a move. You gotta either add cash, which you shouldn't do ever. I don't think in my opinion, or you gotta liquidate to, to meet that margin call. Um, people get so worked up about, Oh, well it takes my, how many days for my funds to settle with cash. Okay. Like, it's not a bad thing if you don't if you can't trade one day. But also on the flip side of that, if you're putting everything into one thing and you have no cash available to trade, you shouldn't be doing that either. So like if you're using a cash account, always keep a fourth cash. Say something say you see a great opportunity. Yeah, use that fourth a fourth of cash you have to jump on something. But if you keep a fourth cash, that what that that allows you to always have cash in rotation. You know when you're yeah. going to settle. You know you have this cash in rotation at all times. So I strongly, strongly advise you to use cash, especially if you're scalping or day trading, because you don't want to be uh, you don't want to get hit with um, PDT and all that stuff and have to go through all that. Like when I first started. You don't even realize it. Like I, I hit PDT two times and you can do three times per year. If not, you're locked out for three months. So yeah, I strongly advise cash. Yeah, I agree. Um, I strongly advise cash when you're starting off, unless you're like an established adult with $25,000 that you're going to be putting in, then you can feel a little more comfortable doing margin. Um, because you're going to have unlimited day trades, but I'm a strong I'm really strong for cash under 25k because um, the biggest thing is, man, is those those three day trades are gonna stress you the hell out on margin. Like you're gonna be like trying to preserve them to the point where if you take a day trade um, and 
it's going well, you're not going to want to take profit until you get your profit, like you get your, your trades worth, which to like, for me, um, a day trades worth, because I mean, I can trade however many times I want a week is like, I can take 3% 20 times and I'm not going to care. But if you only have three day trades a week, you're going to be trying to get like 25% or like 20% each. You're going to try to be hitting home runs when you need to be hitting a bunt or a base hit here, a, a single here. Um, getting that 5% taking it to getting 4% taking it whenever you're green taking that money um the cash account lets you do when you're under 25k and then it's just got to settle a few days and that's not that big of a deal also options settle pretty quick um i don't recommend getting into options off the bat we'll do an options episode later but options settle pretty quick um on cash you don't have to worry about that and um it's it's really just a matter of it's the psychology aspect of it for me like you're gonna you're gonna be wanting those big hits if you have three a week because if you have three a week that's not even one a day so if you're only getting um, one every two days, you're going to think you need the damn home run of the century every single time I need to double my money or I need to get 25%, which is like a hundred bucks. If I want to actually make it, make my account grow when on cash, I could be like, if I have a thousand dollars, I could have 10 day trades a week and let them cycle through and let them like keep, um, settling and settle again and settle again. And then I'm just consistent. And I take my 5% here, 5% here, 5% here, 5% here. Um, and yeah, I recommend that to all my clients that I have one-on-one -on -one meetings with, because, I just think that's much, that's a much better route. I don't have to stress out about that. Okay. I only have one left. I gotta, I gotta wait until next Tuesday. I have to, I have to wait until Monday to be able to have another day trade. So I need to make this one count or else I have to swing it. And then I end up swinging it. And the next day at knife's pre-market and I'm, I'm absolutely as shit out of luck, you know? Um, so yeah, I recommend cash under 25 K over 25 K. Um, if you get to over 25 K, you're obviously a little more of an experienced trader or you got extremely lucky on something, but, um, I think after that margin is okay because you kind of know what you're doing and um, you're not at the Liberty of PDT at that point. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things too. Like you honestly don't even realize when you're about to use the, that third day trade. Um, I ran into stuff with TD when I was using margin where they told me I had two day trades left. I'd use one day trade. I only had one day trade left. I'd use one and then I'd use another one and I'd get hit. So, Honestly, there's really no advantage for you to use margin. So, yeah, the only thing is you can use like double your money or however much money more to trade with, which that's fine. That would have been fine during the pandemic run up afterwards, where everything was literally going 5% a day and you could swing things and they would just keep going every day. Um, but it's a different market now, it's a little bit choppier, it's a little bit more rough, and um. It's something that's why we're having this podcast. People need a little more help now than they did during the pandemic and during the GME um, GameStop squeeze. Those were a little easy, but things are things are getting rougher. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then uh, charting, charting apps and tools. Uh, you got me into Trading View, and I love it now. So yeah. you talk about Trading View because that's kind of your baby. But I'm on I'm on your side here. Yeah, I everyone knows I love Trading View and um they just make it so easy for you to one customize literally anything and everything. You can customize every aspect of your charts all from color all the way to you can remove lines and numbers and you can make it literally have no lines, no numbers. You could just be a, a line or candles. Um, and they also allow you to, to share charts easily. They, um, there's a lot of good community uh, made indicators that are really, really good. Um, the pack, the only thing about trading view is the free version limits you to the amount of indicators you can use and certain things like that. So if you want to like really use, utilize it to the full potential, you're going to, have to pay but it's really not expensive and it's to me it's 100% worth it um when your charts look good this might sound dumb but it's a lot easier to interpret things like you see people post charts it looks like spaghetti on a on their screen literally and I, and I say that all the time but it really does like dude the more indicators you use does not mean that it does not equate to you know more yeah, the more lines you have doesn't mean the more genius your charts look. Yeah, no, people do that and they think, oh, that everyone's going to know what I like, think I know what I'm doing now because I have a million things on my chart. No, 
Um, and TradingView allows you to customize everything, and I strongly advise checking TradingView out. Yeah, um, I definitely agree. Uh, TradingView, I used stock charts for the longest time, and it was nice. It was cool, but then I realized I'm not a 45-year-old man. Um, I am a 22-year-old, and um, stock charts was just like, yeah, too, too, too old manish for me. It's like it's been around forever, and TradingView is kind of like, the new, um, the new kind of thing. And it's way more beautiful. It's way more easy to, to add things on and way easier to edit way easier to like keep my settings there. Yeah. There, um, much cleaner, much more smooth, um, overall just better to me. Um, yeah, I like it. I, mine looks pretty now. I have like this like gradient. So it's yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I have like this gradient on there. It looks super good. And I think um, I think Finviz is another good one to talk about. That's a good screener that everyone can use, and I think that's pretty universally agreed upon that Finviz is kind of um, the goat screener. It's it has all the good settings. It has everything you need. It has um, yeah, it's just it's good. It has it has pre settings already made for you. Um, we'll go over settings in another episode too because I know we have some good ones to share. Um, do you have any tips for Finviz? Anything special? Um, I actually just started trying out Finviz Elite. Um, and that's nice. It'll show you like pre-market movers and, uh, top movers and top losers and stuff like that. It gives you some indicators on the charts and some other stuff, but, um, Finviz in general is just, I mean, it's an essential, especially if you want to be like self-sufficient and not rely on other people because that's where you're going to find stocks to play. And that's where you're going to find like you can you can find stuff and then under it news like the most recent news is there and um it's super customizable you can find you can customize it down to a T to find certain things if you know what you're looking for so yeah finviz is a must i agree um i also like how you can just hover on finviz and it'll show you the chart too that is a super i can just scroll through and I can just hover and then it'll show me and I'll be like, mm, not getting a good feel. Hover on the next one. Okay, that one's not bad. Write it down in my little journal. Hover on the next one, yes or no. And just pound through them real quick, which I think is the best way. Because if I have something that has 150 coming out on it, I, I don't want to look at all of them. Um, but after Finviz, I think another great one is Biofarm Catalyst. Um, yeah, I use that. I have the elite version or the pro version, whatever it is. But I recommend that highly because bios, once you start to like learn um, how they move, how they work, the patterns of catalysts, um, offerings, CEOs, certain CEOs run certain companies, you learn what they did in the past, learn what they do now, all that stuff, which again, um, we're talking about future episodes. These are all going to be future episodes. But once you get to learn that stuff, um, and then find the catalyst on Biopharma Catalyst. Bio plays are fire, man. They are like <sighs> about as clear cut as they, they come. Um, catalyst, you're going to buy in two weeks before, and then you're just going to wait for that, that stock to just run up to the catalyst. And that's about as easy as it can get. That's about as easy as you can explain a certain um, stock play to someone, a sector all together. They run up before the catalyst usually. And it's not quite that simple, but um, in essence, it is. Yeah, I'm sure that'll be a whole nother episode, like define catalysts. Like, so I trade pretty technically, so I'll look for a really good looking chart first. And then if it has a catalyst, I mean, what do I have to worry about? Not not to say that something can't go wrong because things go wrong all the time. But if you find a, a chart with a defined catalyst, uh, yeah, you can be super confident in that. And that'll be a separate episode. Um, but another thing I use a lot is Naked Short Report. Because I, so say you're in something and it's just beaten down and beaten down and beaten down, something like RMO, I guarantee if you go to Naked Short Report, you can see it's being heavily, heavily shorted. These heavily, heavily shorted plays and these like growth companies, these emerging companies, um, they're going to pop at some point. Look at Wish. I called Wish two, three weeks ago at seven, like in the sevens. Um, I did not, did I think it'd go 200%? No, but. I go to naked short report. It's shorted over 60%, over 70%. Like, so naked short report is a really good 
tool to use as well. Um, yeah, I agree. You can you can get some really good um, like squeeze type plays, and everyone like people got to understand a squeeze doesn't mean it has to go one hundred percent or even like fifty percent. A squeeze can someone can get squeezed twenty percent, like a hedge can get squeezed. 15% and that's a squeeze. Like it just, it's, it's all about the action. If the action is a squeeze, then it's a squeeze. Um, so some of these that are shorted even less than something crazy, like a GameStop um, can move on a squeeze that you can find on naked short. Like if you're in something like, I know we were in PLM a while back based on the shorts was over 70% or something for like a week straight. Yeah. And we ended up getting like a solid, like 30% out of it just because, um, it was being easily held down because people knew that there was like bad data expected, but then enough people bought in and we, yeah, we squeezed them. That was it. Um, and that's also been like a hot sector, like squeeze. It's like a new, it's like almost like a new sector, a new like, um, theory, I guess, um, thesis is those, those high shorts, um, short percentages, which is something that since GameStop, is new we haven't had that in a long time like it's always been a thing but we haven't had like major squeeze um ever since i've been trading um i know volkswagen did it like years ago but in the three years i've been trading we haven't had something um like gamestop that ignited people to like seek out shorts as a um as a catalyst like it's pretty much a catalyst now if it has a heavy short report which is is nuts but it's cool you can even specifically search for that on finviz like we we talked about like you could go and look for stuff that's highly shorted. Um, it's kind of funny that a lot of the times things that are highly shorted will run together, which I mean, a lot of yeah. nothing makes sense, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> nothing makes sense in the stock market, bro. It's like, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Um, yeah. But summary, um, Weeble, Thinkorswim are better than most of the competition, in our opinion. 100%. Um, unless there's something new that's coming out or unless Schwab or E-Trade picks up their game, um, those are the two top of the line, in our opinion. Um, Finviz is really important. Um, trading view is really great for charts. Naked short report is really good for shorting or uh, shorts percentages and uh, figuring out how much each stock is uh, shorted. And if there's a possible squeeze ready and then biofarm catalyst is really. Um, and one last thing is use Twitter and discord as a screener, um, use Reddit, Twitter, stock twists. Um, don't put a lot of stock into random people, but use the people that you give credit to and that you think are uh, real credible guys and use them as a screener. Say they throw a ticker out, um, treat it as if someone you saw it on Finviz on a screener and just write it down and then do some DD on it later. Check it out. Um, figure out some levels and uh, determine if you want to trade it. Just like use, use it exactly like Finviz. That's all I got to say on that. Um, oh, what do Twitter, you think? That's a good, that's a great point. Twitter's great. Put the cash tag in and you can find all sorts of things. Now, yeah. I always will look up like when I'm making a watch list, I'll always look at Twitter, like see if there's big names in it, see if they've had any news that I missed or anything like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, use the cash tag, uh, search through Twitter. Sometimes too much attention is not great, but still, uh, Twitter is yeah. Free. Too much retail can be bad. Yeah, and Twitter is free, and and it's something that everyone should be using. So, I agree. I agree. All right. Right, man you know it's it's time for us to uh, talk about those betting those ufc lines who we got who we um think are gonna win yeah settling up i got it on my phone here all right and also everyone we will be having uh bookmark chapters or whatever it is so you guys can skip certain parts if you're not interested so if you don't want to hear us talking about um ass wipe and toilet paper like topics like we did last time Dude, I can't then that uh there, there will be an option to skip that kind of stuff there's no way that many people stand and wipe their ass like there's no way i have five messages in my dms about that there's no way people um, are saying, people like, saying oh, that they didn't like how we came after mean? standards that makes no sense who Bro, sits? what do you mean everybody Bro, you look like a t-rex if you're standing and wiping your butt 
like bro you gotta like you gotta like get behind and like stick your chest out and stuff that's yeah no it's then you're doing something wrong now what like what is it okay matt brown diego lima who you got i have lima me too he's gonna matt brown's too old matt brown's still in the ufc honestly when i saw his name i'm like i did not know he was still on the roster this is the last thing I remember him doing well was one knocking down my or Miguel Beza and then elbowing the literal life out of uh, Diego Sanchez. Oh, Diego Sanchez, dude! I've never seen somebody like completely <laughs> do a three sixty. Like he has actual problems. Mm-hmm. Like maybe it's from that guy who's taking advantage of him, bro. Oh, his coach or whatever. Yeah, dude. Yeah, he has some mad CTE. Yeah, something bad. And his coach was yelling, crack the coconut in his corner when he was fighting. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Wellington Turner, Terman. Wellington Terman. I have Terman. I think you have. Why do you got Terman? I got Silva. I actually watched his last fight and he actually has hands. Um, I've never seen Nate Landwehr. What? What do you say? He fought Nate Landwehr, right? Yeah. Um, Wellington Terman. I uh, don't. I've never seen Silva fight, so that one's a toss. Yeah, he's Silva's off like a two-year layoff because of uh, steroids. But the dude is a fucking killer. The dude has some real knockout power. But maybe if I saw it's him, on I my. Know who he is. No, you wouldn't know who he is. He has, I think he's only fought in. Nah, this is his first UFC fight, I think. Um, but here's the deal with him, bro. He's a knockout, or if he he gets taken down, he's back. And I think Wellington Turman. That's kind of a weird name to say, Wellington Turman. Wellington Turman. Yeah, Try to say that yeah. five times fast. Damn. Um, I think if he can just get on top, he might be able to just Daniel Cormier wrestle lay on him the entire time mm-hmm. yeah that one to me is a toss-up and um, did not come out yeah the next one i have a massive toss-up on um i don't even i won't put a bet on either of those probably neither will I. but julian arosa and Choi sung woo who you got i have Choi, but like i said uh that to me is literally flip a coin i haven't i would not bet yeah on if my money was on it it would be Choi. I would I would put money on the Choi if if I had, had to, but I don't know. I was impressed with him in his last fight, but Julian Arosa's tough, man. Julian Arosa is like a scrapper. He's he's always in there. And um Choi's shown like some he had a he got knocked out a while back by like a real, real weak punch, and it made me like not trust my mind money on him mm-hmm. and arosa can land one man he could land like a power bomb but um yeah that one is too close marlon vera or david grant i have vera dude he actually he remember when he fought o'malley and o'malley was talking all that shit and vera actually impressed me yeah i didn't pay that much attention to him before that but i have vera i like Vera. yeah i think I think Vera's is uh, tough as nails, part one. And part two, his, dude, his striking's evolving. And yeah. so is his his takedown defense. Grant's only path to victory here is to the entire time, which Jose Aldo did have some success with that. But um, I think Vera evolving. He's yeah, just getting better every single time he goes out. So. Yeah, I think that one's on my my put money on, on list on Vera, and I'm tempted to to talk Vera by decision because I don't think he's gonna knock out Davy Grant, but I mean, you can never know. Um, Alexi Olinick and Sergey Spivak, who you got? I have Olinick. Um, I don't think I've ever seen the other guy fight. Um, I know Olinick's a little older, but. His uh, grappling and wrestling is extremely good. Um, but, yeah, that one, I mean, to me, I don't really know the other guy at all. I don't know if you've seen him fight. I watched him fight a couple times, 
And I can tell you my money is going to be on the under here. Um, it's, it's, I don't think it goes – it's either going to be Alexio Olenek going out there and getting one of his, you know, crafty old I'm 43 years old, I can't move very fast, so I'm just going to wrap my arms around your neck type of thing. It's a thing he's on top of you. Yeah. Dude, even if he's under you, he has that whatever it's called where he's just under the person and he just locks it up. Yeah, dude, I saw um, something today. He, it's like he explained it. He, like, hits a pressure point, and it's, like, so painful that you instantly tap. That's crazy, man. Yeah. That's a scary man. Imagine being on like super drunk in Russia. He just being like, I'm going to, yeah, bro. He just pressure points the shit out of you immediately as you like walk up to him being You're like, dead. hey, what's up, motherfucker? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but I do have Spivak. I think uh, I won't have a whole lot of money on him, but I think he's, he should win, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's an I think. And that's why there's, and then, the main event, Chan Sung Jung, the Korean zombie, and Dan Ige. I got, I got the yeah, Korean zombie, zombie, and I right? yeah. have watched some videos. Yeah, I think so. I've watched quite a few, like, because I, I follow, like, MMA people um, on YouTube and stuff and watch who they think is going to win. And every single said Dan Ige, and I'm not wavering. The Korean zombie is going to win. He's going to throw some combos out there, man. And he's going to like, he's going to be pissed too. Cause he lost that Ortega fight bad. I was gonna say, like that was a that horrible was. performance. I think he comes out and pressures him. Yeah. Coming off that loss. Cause what he had a two year layoff and then he had a two year layoff, came back, lost like that. And that they had a pretty big rivalry. So yeah, I think he's hungry and I, I have the zombie. Yeah, dude, I have, I've also been waiting to fade Dan Ige. Like, He's he's good, but he's not that good. He's good, but he's just solid good. And if he breaks the top like four or five, yeah, if he breaks the top four or five um, and bursts onto the scene, then I will, uh, I don't know, shave my head for everyone. But the Korean zombie is, he's tough. He's tough as nails. He's got good kickboxing. Um, his combos, they can sting you. He's got precision-like power. And I think I think he's gonna take it. I, I really do. Yeah, I have the zombie. Yeah, overall pretty shit card. Yeah. So I mean nothing that I'm like crazy excited for. This is nothing that I would ever pay for, so yeah. It's good that it's free or else. Um it's not like I would be uh, well, I'm not gonna I was about to say some stuff, but Dana White might come after me and try to oh, yeah. find me. <laughs> um <laughs> What stocks are you watching for the rest of the week or next week? Oh, this will be, yeah, next week. So what stocks are you watching for next week? For next week, um, I've been making a list of, like, EV that's been beaten down. Some EV's been beaten down. Some's hot. Like, Neo's been really hot. Fisker was pretty hot today. Um, CCIV kind of broke off from the the ev movement <clears throat> um uh but other than that there's some bio plays that have catalysts in the next two weeks um i'm i hate to say wish because now literally everybody on twitter's on wish and like i i'm kind of the, the kind of person that kind of like steers away from what's like really popular but i was on wish three weeks ago and then it we got had a really nice pop then we had a really nice pop this week um but yeah wish still i mean i don't know wish to me yeah. is wish to me is a 40 50 dollar stock um so at 20 minimum yeah 20 minimum I, yeah it's like yeah i agree with that 100% 20 minimum and um yeah probably up more from there my watch i will throw out two um these two are probably going to be posted on dd on friday so by the time this comes out everyone will know what they are and have some information on them but i'm going to talk about them anyway okay so i'm going to talk about two bio plays that i think are pretty prime for the next couple weeks and then we're going to get into some fun stuff we got questions and then we got the uh the fun conspiracy theories to talk about so First off is BCDA. So BCDA has two catalysts within the next two weeks. Um, they have a DSMB review to be completed in quarter two of 2021. 
and they have a patient enrollment PR for quarter two, 2021. So the DSMB is the big thing. The last DSMB they had, they ran to over $8 and the patient enrollment is kind of a lesser catalyst, but it's a fluff PR and it'll still help. Um, and then also they have, they're being added to Russell microcap index on June 28th. So those are three things that can really push a price up. And also the, uh, the chart is primed. It was, it was in like a, a pennant and it broke out of it this week and is currently using the top of the pennant as support. So that is, um, that's really good to see. And the thing about this is too, is it's a heart failure drug and it has a big market. There's 26 million people worldwide. And they think that the estimated market that they will actually get is 200,000 patients in the U S per year. Um, and so that's massive. That's something uh, huge. And I think that they can um, capitalize on that because it's a good drug and DSMB review will be a huge catalyst for that drug. And the only thing I do say is read through the phase three data that they've already had about it. Um, the eye test for me was not good for the data. It didn't have a lot of significant numbers, but I'm not a scientist. Like, um, take my word for what it is. I'm a 22 year old college student. Um, but I think, I think the data will be good, but not great. I don't know how they're going to word that, but the eye test for me was not there, but the run-up is. I think the run-up will be great. And then the second one is MDWD. So MDWD is a severe burn care um, biofarm company, and they have a PDOFA date of June 29th for a drug called Nexabrid. So Nexabrid has an addressable market of over 200 million in the US, and their market cap is 123 million. So that upfront tells you what they have going on. And the other thing is, is they have already been approved in Europe in five additional countries, as well as having 200 million in governor contracts for Nexobrid. They're fully far funded by BARDA. Um, so yeah, they, they have a good product here that, that legitimizes their product. It shows us that it's a good product. And so that like pushes me towards maybe a 60, 40, that they're going to get it approved a 60% that they will 40% that they won't. Um, I'm not willing to commit to that yet. I haven't actually done my deep, deep DD about CEO, all that kind of stuff. I will be doing that here soon. Um, the only thing that worries me about this one is they have a 16 month cash runway. Um, and I don't love a 16 month cash runway near a Padafa. And I wish it was closer to over 20 um, because 16 under 20 is where you start seeing people debating um, the offerings, um, push their cash runway up a little bit more. Um, but yeah, that's all. That's all I have to say on that one. Also, there's an Oppenheimer buy rating and a price target of 775, and it's sitting around 450. Which um, Oppenheimer is a legitimate analyst company. They're a pretty good one. Um, they're one that you want to pay attention to, and they're one that if they get a buy rating, it's going to pop the price of the stock. So, those are the two that I think are are really primed for this next week and the rest of June. And I'll have the DD write-up out on my Twitter, in Atlas, and in the mob trading. Um, yeah, so those are the stocks that Ant and I think are, are primed here. So we have some questions to, uh, to hop into. So Ant, the fans, the Twitter people, the, um, the podcast watchers want to know three things. We're going to start with number one. What is your favorite long-term stocks, um, multiple, and your top number one? Favorite long-term stocks, I've tweeted this a couple times, but it's some variation of Fubo, uh, PLTR, CCIV, NEO. Um, I like a lot of these EV names. Um, Fisker, NNDM, uh, MindMed. I always get the ticker wrong. Is it MNMD? MNMD, I, I always yeah. say it wrong. Um, it's a good ticker. I like, yeah, I like psychedelics a lot for the future. I know you do too. We talk about that all the time. Yeah. Um, trying to think of what else. Uh, UW, UWMC, I like a lot. That's a great company. Those are some of, those are just some of the few. I know there's more. Um, but my top, top one. Mm, would probably be Fubo because if you look at Fubo and you compare it to something like Roku or other streaming services, Fubo right now is a what it broke thirty today, but it fluctuates in the twenties and 
had that huge run before and they're doing sports betting um, and they're doing all kinds of, they're like branching out. So yeah, I'd definitely say Fubo. Um, uh, Another one's DraftKings, which as, as that gets legalized in more and more states, but we saw that short report out this week and that did nothing. So that tells you that's, that tells you the sentiment on DraftKings. So, yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, my number one is AMTX. I am in love with that stock. Um, it's like Jivo. Yeah. It's like Jivo, but I think there's more upside on AMTX because of the market cap size right now. I think the market cap somewhere in the 400 million, maybe, um, maybe 500 when Jivo sitting at 2 billion. Um, yeah. but AMTX, they have, they're going to close on some, uh, some, what are they off take agreements? They're going to close on some off take agreements. Um, 2 billion, I believe in them here soon. Um, it's not guaranteed, but I think they are. And it's a good company ran by a good guy. Uh, he ran another fuels company a while back. And really good success. I think they're primed to be in the the green energy realm. And then I also really love VTGN, um, the the biofarm company that is working on the the on demand anxiety treatment because I think that's massive. I think, um, hey, dude, anxiety is fucking people up right now, especially because this pandemic, bro. Like, pandemic has been rough on people. Um, anxiety people are realizing people who thought they were completely mentally healthy are realizing like, damn, I got some, some demons up in my head. Like it's getting, it's getting there. People are realizing people are coming to come to grips a little more with it. And I think that on demand is going to be really, really helpful. Um, whether it's for like something like I'm doing public speaking and I, I'm really bad at it. I'm going to shoot one of these up my nose. I think that's what they're doing. It's a nasal spray. Um, whether it's that or whether it's just like I'm in a public space, I'm feeling really uncomfortable. I need need to use my on demand. Um, that's going to be massive. It's going to be something that we don't have yet. And then the other one I really like is Go EV. I think that's a really good company. Um, they have they're like an EV company, but they build the platform. I don't like their their cars all that much. I think that they have maybe a addressable place as like an Uber. Maybe they could contract those out to Ubers. They have the the, um, the truck that could be contracted out to, to companies that use it. But other than that, I don't really like their car designs. I really love the skateboard design they have, though. The specs on that are pretty nuts. Like the specs that they can build, um, what they can build for the pricing of the, the skateboard design is crazy. Um, people saw Apple interested in their skateboard design. They already um, sell it to Hyundai. Um, so, yeah, I think I think – that's going to be one that they might not get much success from their cars, but I think if Apple's interested in you, you're a good company and you have a good product. That's the bottom line. And so I think that's something, Oh, and then LKCL, bro. I added that to my long-term portfolio. I think that's a nuts play that could, could see double digits in a couple of years or even this year, bro. I'm still um, seeing that. Yeah, dude, they have, yeah, I could see double digits on that bad boy. No, no, um, not lying. I think, I think Microsoft, Ford, um, all those names being um, trusting enough to, to contract LKCL. Well, they're and then LKCL. their shit together. Like, Dude, they I want to so RKO those motherfuckers. They do not. It makes no sense to me. You have a Microsoft partnership. You don't say a word about it. Yeah, except on the Chinese. They PR'd it in China. Yeah. But they didn't PR it in the U.S. That's that stupid. Doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, like like we're gonna, their price would be four dollars if they PR'd that today. Easy. Um, yeah, and then, what is your favorite recipe as of right now? My favorite recipe. Yeah. Um. So I'm like pure Italian, and my Nona makes this dish that. I've been making it's called pasta vernad and it's pasta with vodka sauce and pork shoulder. Like oh, that homemade pastas. So yeah, dude. I'll have to uh link the recipe in the description, but it's so good. You uh you like Dude, if I fly out to see you, will you make that for me? Oh yeah, dude. I'm actually a really good cook. Like a real Dude, we'll have a date in your your kitchen. Imagine. <laughs> but no, it's really good. And then you uh, you put it all together and you bake it in the oven for a little. Oh my god! 
Dude, pork shoulder sounds so good. That's some vodka sauce. Oh, damn. Yeah, mine isn't that good. So, uh, yeah, mine is I've been making a load of aiolis recently. Like, just basically um, it's egg yolk, olive oil, lemon, and then you can put, like, garlic. Um, You can do sriracha. You can put Dijon mustard, um, spicy mustard, whatever you want in there. But I like the garlic one. I just throw some garlic um, in with the oil. Yeah, it's super good. It's like a sauce. And then all I do with that, bro, is I put it on like some sourdough and then mozzarella and some of my my basil plant. I just go snip a little and I put that on there and then I grill it and it kind of like melts. Pretty good. You like tomatoes? Um, No. Okay. Well, do we need to talk about this? I was just going to say, dude, like tomatoes and mozzarella with some like balsamic. Oh my God. I know. Dude, like everyone, I love balsamic. I, I figured you'd like that, but. Dude, I would if I like tomatoes. That's the one food I do not like. Tomatoes and like liver. I, I can't, I can't mess with liver. But other than that, I think I eat everything under the planet. Um, do you ever have tripe? No. What is that? It's cow, like the lining of a cow's stomach and they put it in like red sauce. With a, I would eat it. It sounds it's actually good. good, dude. You'd like it. If you didn't I like cow tongue. What it was? Yeah, I mean, I, I've eaten like a bunch of stuff, like alligator cow tongue, um, octopus. I ate something that was like a pig's intestine one time. Um, pretty good. You mean a hot dog? <laughs> a hot dog, bro. <laughs> pretty much, man. I bet there's probably some bones in hot dogs too. Yeah, um, I just can't think about what a hot dog is. Yeah, it's just also whatever a hot dog without a bone. Yeah, you're like a psychopath. It's like not using wipes. You're a psychopath. If you eat a hot dog without a bun, if you cut it up on your plate and just eat it, yeah, like what are you eating, bro? It's like you're you're eating a what is it like a McDonald's chicken nugget, but even worse, like, no breading. Yeah, <laughs> that's just out of a tube. Like it's yeah. just like tubed out of a weird butthole in their their factory, and it's just pink shit. Just yeah. um. Okay, we got one more question. It is, did you ever think about trading when you were younger? Um, and if you didn't, what did you want to do? No, I didn't even know what that was when I was younger. Um, I played sports my whole life. I played, I started traveling playing baseball when I was eight for until I was 18. I played travel baseball my entire life. And my entire life, all I wanted to do was play baseball. And I had went to college to play baseball and I was like so happy because like that was my dream. And I just picked a major because I wanted to play baseball and I had gotten a scholarship Um, and went there, ended up being really miserable because I hated my major. And um, that's a whole nother story. But no, I did not. I had no clue what trading was, what I wanted to do growing up was I either wanted to um, be, like, a sports uh, sports medicine, where, like, like a trainer, or um, I wanted to be a teacher because I like working with, like, little kids and stuff. Um, yeah. I've always been passionate about that because I have younger brothers, so that's what I wanted to do. And now we're both psychology majors. Yeah. Yeah, well, um, for me... I, uh, yeah, dude, I didn't know what trading was in high school. I had no idea. No one even, like, if you would have told me the stock market, I would have thought you were speaking a different language. If you would have told me, um, Hey dude, do you know what shorting a stock is? I would have been like, I would have asked you, what is a stock, bro? Like seriously, I would have asked, what is a stock? I did not even know what a stock was. I didn't know that companies were publicly traded even, um, which is nuts to think about. That's only like eight years ago or however long ago that was. I had no idea about that, but for a long time, I wanted to be like a, um, whatever one of those dudes are that goes, a paleontologist goes and like tries to find bones. And I thought that would have been so sick. And that was like when I was younger. And then when I was like in high school, I like got really into wrestling and, um, really into, um, I wanted to do boxing. I wanted to be a boxer when I was in high school for the longest time. And, um, I was going to go to college and wrestle and then, I didn't, man. I just decided not to. I was like, last minute, I had some offers and I decided, you know, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to go to college. And then I was a business major. I was going to do business, um, took some econ classes, decided business wasn't for me. 
And then I was going to go move to Colorado and build a um, weed farm that I had no idea what I was going to do with that. And then it's a great um, idea. Yeah. Went through that stage um, <laughs> and then decided psychology and psychology is pretty good. I like it. I would be doing it if I wasn't doing this, I'd be going to grad school for like a counseling. Um, yeah. I'd be going to grad school, but I love this too much. This is going to be what I do. So um so hard i mean hindsight's 2020 like if i if i that's like where the education system fails like a lot of people is because dude this stuff we learn in high school i haven't used 99 percent of it stuff i'm learning in college i won't use 99 percent of it if i would have had a finance class or something like that maybe i would have fell in love with it dude it's just uh, this we need to talk about this in another episode because i could go on and on and on and talk about this yeah i I could go on and on about stories about this but yeah, man, I could go on and on and talk about how I think college should be one year of learning and then another year of on-the-job experience, and you can have it done in two years and get paid for the second year. Um, I, there doesn't need to be four years. Um, high school needs to be more applied. High school needs to be more job-centered. Um, yeah, I have my dude, both my parents are educators, and I've talked to them about a lot of this stuff, and I have some strong opinions about changes that need to happen in education. Um, it's too book focused, too standardized, testing focused. Um, Tell me when yeah, but we'll, to take the square root of anything. Or- yeah, shit, dude. I don't need to know the whatever theorems I learned in high school algebra, man. I don't need any of that. But, you know, I have it all of a sudden, and I'm never going to use it in my entire life. Um, We'll make an episode about that. We'll we'll talk about that. That can be a section that we spend twenty minutes on. I have so strong opinions on that. So. All right, you said you got some conspiracy theories for me. I'm ready to give my opinions on them. <laughs> All right, the first one is: Do you think we actually landed on the moon? I see that you see that all the time. Oh, we never really like. Yeah, we never um, really landed on the moon, dude. That picture where the flag is flying in the wind. There's no wind on the moon. Bro, and then there's that place in Brazil that they took the picture and it looks exactly the same. I don't know. I think we did, but I've seen a lot of stuff that made me question it more than I'd like to admit. Um, yeah. It's a long, that's a long time ago, too. 1970, wasn't that? 1969, something like that? Or? Isn't the whole reason people thought we didn't is be or like it was such a big deal is cause like we were in a competition with what, like Russia yeah. or something to get to the moon first. Yeah. But I don't know. I need to do more digging on it, but like, I definitely know that the thought has crossed my mind that maybe we did not land on the moon. And it was like just total setup to, for everyone to think America's the best. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like we did. If we lied about something like that, that's kind of, be very russia of us to do something like that yeah very vodka um the other one is <laughs> is was covid engineered in a lab um dude i don't think so i don't know i, don't I know. saw I stuff crazy stuff about it being engineered in china and being like a bioweapon type thing like censoring doctors and censoring pe- trying to censor people like to not speak out on it and people have came out and said stuff and then i don't know i've seen crazy stuff on that i don't know man there's still the, there's still the population that thinks that covid isn't real yeah come <sighs> to r- rural rural pennsylvania and you'll it's hicktown usa so Dude, I live in Iowa, man. So, have you ever heard of anything but uh, farms in Iowa? No, no, probably not. Um, dude, I don't know. I can definitely see there being something crazy where, like, it was created on accident, and then people don't want to talk about it because it accidentally like infected someone, and there's like two people who know about it in the entire world, and like they just won't talk about it or something. I could see that, or like. Like literally just one of those like movie situations where like they dropped a vial and it broke and then, oh damn, they've been infected type of shit. Um, Or like I could see it, something going wrong and they accidentally combine like some sort of strain with something. Um, But I'm not like sciencey enough to have a good opinion on that. Um, I don't think it was purposely engineered to, to fuck with people. I don't think it was purposely like, 
sent as a bioweapon, though. I've seen a lot of people talking about how China did that to us. I don't think that they, dude, because a lot of like tons of people died. I don't think they did that. I think it was, if it was anything, it was an accident somewhere. And I think we'll probably hear about it in like 25 years, just like they're doing with the UFO alien thing. It'll be something that comes out in a load of time. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is if it was engineered, that's actually crazy to think. Yeah. That's crazy to think about how many people have died from that. Yeah. There would be a hell of a war fought if someone were to find out that someone by like engineered that and then set it loose. Like, Oh yeah. I mean, how many millions and millions of people have died? So yeah. You have any, any other ones for me? No, I think we'll keep it to two today. Okay. Well, we'll have some, some crazy ones next time. I know that I got one that I want to, it's been on my mind. I had a dream about it a couple nights ago. It's been on my mind since the last episode. So I'll have another one for us. Um, yeah. And I think, I think that concludes our, our podcast for the day. Um, thank you everyone for coming on. Um, we will be here next Saturday. And I think next Saturday we're going to have a topic as in maybe charts. We're going to talk about charts, um, talk about how to read them, talk about how to draw lines on them that don't look like spaghetti. Cause we don't want you looking out, looking like a spaghetti poster out there on Twitter. And, um, yeah, thank you everyone for coming. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode number. This might be one, this might be 0.75. We'll just have to see how it goes. We're going to be getting our technology uh, all shored up and we're going to be um, getting more graphics, getting a better intro, just growing. And we have a, a sponsor that we're going to bring on and talk to you guys about, and it's going to be cool. But thank you for tuning in.